Shore 1049, WBOQ Gloucester. And streaming worldwide on the North Shore 1049 app. It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. Well, good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. My name's John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this Saturday morning. Hopefully it's nice wherever you are or going to get nice or something. I always, when when I hear the introduction, it's calling with your comments and questions, and I always think Jimmy's going to throw in concerns or criticisms. Uh, but hope, hopefully, if there is criticism, you, you do call it and you let me know what's going on. Uh, always here to try to help you with your car problems, car choices. Uh, I've always said this is a second opinion style show. This is where we try to help you uh, navigate through some of the problems that you might have with your car, whether it's uh, something as simple as uh, not so simple. Maybe something is uh, you want to buy tires for your car, and there's all different kinds and choices. I, I know I was looking at tires just recently, and I was... Uh, um, like I said before, we have a uh, we have a uh, car at the tin house in Florida, and those tires are now uh, looking at the date manufacturer six years old. So uh, uh, I was I was thinking, you know, hey, mobile tire service, but I'm I'm pretty sure Jay Condrick isn't going to drive to Florida, but uh, maybe he will. I don't know, but uh, uh, you know, I'll leave him the keys. They're under the mat. You can find them there. But anyway, uh, so we have uh, we have our uh, program planned out for today with a few little things to talk about, things like maybe some uh, stretching of maintenance you can do if your car is in a little bit of a quarantine, going over some of the things you should do as far as uh, taking care of a few issues with your car. Uh, I have a recent copy of Consumer Reports. They put out some interesting information about... Uh, some comparisons if you want luxury features but you don't want to pay luxury prices. Uh, yeah, pretty good pretty good story. We'll go into some of that. But first, with us on the phone is our buddy George Kennedy. George Kennedy is an auto writer, a presenter, a sometime broadcaster. Uh, been in the automotive business now for quite a while. Jeep, uh, uh, I don't know, aficionado, maybe? I don't know if that's the right word. Enthusiast, and a good friend. I guess you could, uh, wouldn't Enthusiast elevate it beyond and, that. <laughs> uh, well, good morning well, to you and your well, listeners. You know. Well, good yeah. morning, George. And this is, your, this is your first time you've ever joined us on the North Shore station, North Shore 104.9. And, and you're, you're kind of a North Shore guy, right? I'm from I'm from the Ricca Chelmsford area, so I'm just on the edge of what you would consider uh, roast beef country. <laughs> uh, so the so you're familiar with North Shore beefs then? Junior beef three way all the way. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, there you go, and uh, you know we could you know and and you know you're you're a North Shore beef guy, and I know you don't get it, but I'm a South Shore bar pizza guy. 
I know you don't see. Uh, I don't see. I, I, I know. I know. You know. It's it's it, uh, it's, it's cafeteria you know. food. I you know you go to it's that that stuff started because it was just like at a bar and the guy had like the dirtiest, grossest oven ever, and it was the quickest, easiest pizza to make. Right. That and you know what? There's and, a place for it at a bar. It's when you are at a grocery store and you see it in the freezer aisle. And I'm like, what's what's going on right now? Are there cameras around here? Uh, such a such a critic, such a critic. <laughs> hey, one uh, one of the reasons we wanted to get you on the program today is to talk about uh, what's going on at the Lars Anderson Auto Museum. There, I, you know, I guess the Lars Anderson Auto Museum was probably the first auto museum I had ever been to. Uh, I remember going there as a kid, and um, seeing it and it's been around it's the i think the nation's oldest auto museum and you have some involvement with that both in their publication and just kind of helping them out with some stuff right yeah that's right so it's lars anderson auto museum for any of your listeners that don't know it's in brookline massachusetts it's the oldest car collection in the western hemisphere and it was the collection of lars and isabella weld anderson and these were uh, this was a wealthy couple uh, right around the turn of the century, and they were one of the first car collectors, owners in the Boston area. And the way that people sort of fawned over Teslas recently when they were the first one to come up, you know, these were the first folks to have, you know, the first French car, the first electric car in the area. And so they would invite local, uh, you know, local people onto their lawn to have a look at their different cars and stuff. And through the years, that eventually morphed into lawn events where there would be just impromptu car shows and then more formal ones. Um, you know, eventually, uh, the Andersons passed. The original house uh, burnt down, I believe, in the 50s, but the carriage house is still there. And the carriage house was styled after, like, a 1670s French chateau, and that was their glorified, you know, incredibly ornate garage. That today is the grounds of the museum, and the building itself is gorgeous. But within it is downstairs is the original collection, and then upstairs is a rotating exhibit. And right now, I believe it's Golden Age, Brass Era, and later cars. But there's always something, you know, it's not just 50s cars. It's not just muscle cars. It's not just supercars. It's it really is a place for the Boston area where every niche, every little segment of car culture has a place. Yeah, it, it really is. And if you time your visit with one of the lawn events, whether it's, you know, Italian Car Day or Orphan Car Day or Volkswagen Day, uh, there there is some there are some great examples of cars that show up for that as well. Yeah, so they, I mean, they do theme days throughout the summer. So if you, you are really into Corvette culture, there is a day for that. And I think my dad's favorite one is, um, Extinct Car Day. Because my parents will walk around being like, oh, I had that. Oh, I had that. Right? So, but the one, you know, you know me and I'm more brand agnostic. Yes, I'm biased towards Jeeps, but I don't have a one segment that I love. I really do enjoy if it's got four wheels and a motor and sometimes not even four wheels. I'll find something interesting about it. And that's really where the cars and coffee events, uh, you know, hold a special place of interest. So that's, you know, once a month throughout the summer, uh, I believe it's like seven to 10 in the morning on a Saturday. And it's, I mean, it has grown from like 40 cars, maybe barely 20 cars 
up to filling the entire parking lot, the entire lawn. I mean, that has become one of the biggest events that oftentimes will bump up against some of the bigger events of the summer traditionally, like Tutto Italiano, like German Car Day, and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it is it is some really, really nice stuff and amazing, the, the cars that they have. And, and hopefully as Massachusetts starts to slowly reopen, the museum can... Uh, can start to do some of these events again. Uh, and a lot of the events and the private functions help keep the museum going. And the museum is suffering a little bit right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so much of what the museum does is hands-on, and that's what makes it so special is the ability to see these cars in action. But that doesn't mean that uh, this has totally uh, knocked out all of the museum's efforts uh, during this time. Uh, for example, I know that they're doing a virtual Cars and Coffee and the format for that is you go to their Facebook page and there will be a hint the day of the event, like with a word. Maybe it's keys. Maybe it's driving gloves. Maybe it's shoes. Who knows? And then you take a picture of mm. your car uh, with that key, uh, hint prop in somewhere in the photo to let people know that, that you're taking part in it. And then they've given out awards and stuff like that. And so that, that, that's a fun way to stay engaged. The other thing we're doing and started about a year ago is a digital publication called Upshift. And the funny thing was this started as a uh, request from the board of directors to put together a newsletter for the community. And uh, myself and my good friend Sheldon Steele, the executive director, sort of looked at that and said, we can elevate this concept beyond, you know, church circular newsletter up into something mm. that is you know, really engaging. So we said, let's take on the format of a traditional automotive magazine, but completely online. So it's best it's best read on a tablet, but you can do it on your phone. You can do it on the desktop. And even though it's completely digital, it has the look and feel of a glossy magazine. And so we're doing features on, you know, big collectors in the, in the region. We're doing features on different shops. We're covering automotive trends on a national level. We're doing, you know, great drives to have in the Boston area and stuff like that. So really not just doing a cross-section of the museum culture going on, but the automotive culture in the Boston area and nationally as well. Yeah, it it is uh, it is a really slick publication that you guys put out, and it and it does have that feel of a magazine, even though it's digital, and the content the content's really interesting, and there it's amazing some of the car collectors that live here in New England, you know everything from you know Charles Gould and his and his micro cars to some fantastically <laughs> ridiculously expensive you know Italian cars that people collect and up here on the north shore there the car culture is really pretty big up here on the north shore yeah you know it if there was one area of of car collection that I do hold dear that is you know 60s early 70s late 50s european sports cars the ferrari 250s the lamborghini uh, uh, 2500 GT stuff like that. So that stuff is just absolutely incredible. And then you have places like Paul Russell on the North Shore. Paul Russell Motorsport is this like incredibly high end um, restoration shop. You know, coach work, all this custom work for like pedigree concours level collectors. And if you recall, there was the um, there was the Ralph Lauren exhibit at the MFA a bunch of years back. 
Well, uh, Paul Russell is the guy that, that Ralph Lauren goes to when he needs work done on his Enzo or his 250 GT or any number of his other extremely rare, extremely valuable cars. Yeah, his Bugatti Atlantique, which is uh, what one of a couple, and uh, worth yeah, you know right. millions of dollars. And yeah, yeah, Paul Russell, Paul Russell takes care of that car. So yeah, yeah. this this pretty, isn't pretty uh, somebody stuff, with yeah. a uh, a '67 Oldsmobile Cutlass saying, "Well, it's a one of one because it's the only one that came in blue with a Landau top and an A-track player and air conditioning." This is a real one of one. They they maybe made twenty of these cars, and each one or each couple of them was coach-built differently uh, to match their purpose. And so the the influence on that car was uh, aviation. So you see a spine right yeah. down the middle of the rivets, and it's just I, it's probably one of the most beautiful cars of all time. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a car that uh, it I don't understand why it doesn't just win every award that wherever it goes. It's just it's an amazing car, and, and uh, although I I got the impression you slammed the Landau roof somehow. I don't know. I no, I didn't slam the Landau roof. As a matter of fact, my first car was an Oldsmobile, and I love the four four two. I just don't like the uh, I guess you know the the over uh, analyzation of like high volume cars and treating like a rare version. If it's a rare version, yeah. If it was. If you have a Ford Taurus and that Ford Taurus was driven by Michael Schumacher, that makes it rare. Otherwise, it's it's a Ford Taurus, right? <laughs> yeah, I you know I saw a uh, Cadillac XT6 the other day with a uh, Landau roof on it. Kind of, I, oh. I, all I could think of <laughs> Cadillac, Cadillac must be so proud when they saw that. It was awful. I was going to say, and it was, they, they must it, have like yeah. remotely shut it down so they could get it off the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, was, their, their brand truly, is trying to reinvent yeah. its image, and and they're having a hard time. Yeah. You know that, and like Buick, where you're sort of wondering what, why they still exist, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Buick. I have there's a woman who emails me emails me on a regular basis, and and she wants to buy nothing more than a Buick Regal. She just likes it she's uh she's had a she's had a honda accord she's had a uh, a subaru the accord was okay till the transmission went out on it which was pretty typical of some of the older accords um mm -hmm. you know they were as dependable as can be except for the transmission her subaru she had one of the first years with the new cvt and it had that oh uh, yeah it had a uh objectionably long delay going from you know, reverse to drive type thing and they've mm -hmm, tinkered with mm -hmm. that a little bit and she really likes the idea of the regal um uh sort of the wagony version of the the regal that's an oh, old the that's Torex. An Opel. yeah that's a great and, car yeah yeah it's I'm a great car she knows but about it because you did like the yeah. worst job ever marketing that car right right and that and that's her point is she can't find one there's no information yep. about it, um, you know, and she's like, I'd really like to buy one, but I, I can't. Nobody, you know, nobody knows anything about it. She said, you know, I talked to the Buick dealers and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we had one in stock once. And um, and if, you know, I, I hate it in some ways when auto manufacturers say, well, you know, let's... At the time, you know, we, we owned a good portion of Opal, let's buy... You know, let's remarket this car as a Buick or remarket it as whatever it was. And when their own creativity should be able to come up with something like that. But the idea that there was this really 
nice wagon, or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't know if wagon's the right term for yeah, it I mean, these it, days. It, but as far as the uh, modern the modern definition goes, there's there's no more uh, big beamy Vista cruiser anymore. Uh, it's all these sleek wagons that kind of have a you know a raked uh, roof, so you really don't get a ton in the way of usability. Um, I mean, they're they're fun, neat cars, um, and, and being the Opal DNA in that, it's going to be a great driving car. I would just say right. that if you if you're comparing, uh, you know, a new Torex to a new Accord, I mean, you really have to want the Buick to uh, ignore how much of a better interior is being delivered by Toyota and Honda consistently. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, just when you think, unfortunately, just when you think they have it right, you look at one of these newer cars and you go, you know, they just didn't finish under the back of the seat just right. Or you look in the back and you can see where if they just added three more inches of carpet or, you know, change this way they made a seam or, you op you know, you open up the center console and it's a it's hard plastic inside. So if you put stuff in it, it's going to rattle. You know, little tiny things that can make a car from annoying to really nice with not a lot of, you know, not a lot of expense involved. And unfortunately that sometimes happens. Green M&Ms, right? The, when the, when a, yeah, exactly. you know, a, a band would go on tour, they would ask for green M&Ms. I forget what band it was, but it had nothing to do with the fact they wanted green M&Ms. It was, does the PA get that little thing right? And if they don't get that little thing right, it is a microcosm of everything else that's going to go on with that with their show that night. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think you're wrong on that. I think they wanted M and M's with the green ones out. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, see, there, there we go. Attention to detail. Yeah, yeah because because I've requested this. I've requested the same. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, the thing for me with the the, the Buick interiors is that that textured hard plastic, like. It's trying to go upscale, and I think that's my whole thing with Buick is, like, if, if, if Chevy is Chevy and Cadillac is Cadillac, then, then what role does Buick fill? And when you look at the interiors, it's almost like a manifestation of that, where there's slightly textured plastics, and it's like, okay, this is it's like a nice Chevy interior, but it's kind of a drab Cadillac interior. Yeah, yeah. I, there, was, there was a time when there was thoughts about, elevating Cadillac to a truly premium level somewhere up above Lexus and then bringing Buick up to sort of match Lexus. Unfortunately, that never really happened. So there was going to be sort of be this, you know, here's the Chevy, a great car, somewhat affordable. It's the car that gets you into General Motors. And then if you have the opportunity to make more money in your life, you move up to the Buick and the Buick is... You know, as as nice as any Lexus would be, and then when you've really made it, you know, Cadillac becomes the standard of the world, and to compete with cars like Bentley, and uh, unfortunately, they come out with the XT6. <laughs> Did you say Bentley? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, it's I know they want the GM wants the brand to be aspirational, but they themselves are being aspirational about that that notion. I mean, look, it's. The the two American luxury brands, Lincoln and Cadillac, they have this. They're in a very weird position, and this is true of a lot of a lot of companies in America that are trying to figure out what their identity is going forward. Right? Are they going to ride 
a certain demographic off into the sunset or are they going to pivot and try and cater to a younger customer? Lincoln has tried to do a little bit of both. They have McConaughey on camera. I think the cars are looking great. The interiors are fantastic. Yeah. And the, the, I think what, what the American luxury brands need to do is really be themselves. And by that, I mean Cadillac needs to stop doing silly alphanumerics for names. I mean, they built themselves on Eldorado and, you know, Fleetwood and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. go, go to any Cadillac dealer and ask them about the names. Like, oh, yeah, well, then what about Escalade? Well, there's a whole there's a whole thing behind Escalade. Like, well, if you really if you really believed that the alphanumerics worked, you would have changed Escalade years ago. And the fact that you haven't, meaning GM, is a huge indictment on that alphanumeric system. That's right. That's right. Hey, George, can you stay with us for a little bit longer? Yeah, of course. Yeah, all right. Why don't we take a break? My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening to North Shore 104.9. And with us on the phone is George Kennedy. We want to come back and find out a little bit more about George, where you can read him, where you can see him, and all those kind of things. We'll be right back. Hey, Erica. Monday, I'm going to be back at Cranny. Ted and Donnie out each and every weekday morning just somewhere different on the North Shore. So you got to tune in to find out where he will be next. A lot of fun spots next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll have a laugh on Monday. Thanks for waking up with us. Erica and Donnie in the morning on North Shore 1049. Join us this Sunday at 7 a.m. for Dirty Work Hard Pay on the Shot to talk about all your home projects. Dirty Work this Sunday at 7 on North Shore 1049. Summer at Salem State has something for everyone, including undergraduate and graduate classes. Summer classes are a great way to get ahead, complete prerequisite work, earn professional development credits, or complete your degree. No place so close can take you so far. Check out all that Salem State has to offer this summer at salemstate.edu slash summer. Register today at salemstate.edu slash summer. All roadside assistance is not created equal. Join AAA, a trusted roadside provider that puts members first. AAA trained technicians arrive fast and always attempt to fix problems on the spot to get you back on the road quickly. For a limited time, new AAA members can join with two drivers for the price of one. That's more than 55% off two annual memberships. Visit aaa.com slash join. Beth Israel Leahy Health extends our deepest gratitude to all healthcare workers across Massachusetts. Thank you for your unwavering commitment to keeping our communities healthy. And join us each day at noon for the playing of our national anthem. Have your morning coffee with me, Mark Friedman, host of Dollars and Cents, each and every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. We'll start your day with financial advice in a language you can understand. Hi, I'm actually the poultry specialist at Agway of Danvers. While we are still receiving new chicks weekly, many of you have your chicks and are ready for the next phase, getting set up for outdoor coops. We can set you up and offer answers to your poultry questions. We have lots of chicken coops, Neutrina chicken feeds, including organic, and we will deliver to your car. Just call us. We are open 9 to 5 weekdays till 4 on Saturdays and 10 to 2 on Sundays. Visit us in Waltham or come see us at 9 Wenham Street in Dammers today. And 
Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. My name is John Paul, and with me is uh, George Kennedy. George, where can people learn more about you? Sure, yeah. So uh, my stuff can be found on boston.com uh, slash cars. Uh, my reviews and other advice articles are on cargurus.com. And I also do a lot of advice articles at U.S. News and World Report. So uh, you're... you're a generally around boston and around the yeah world. oh and and, uh, yeah. and of course the work we're doing for upshift uh larsanderson.org uh i believe flash upshift and if you go to the lars anderson facebook page uh you should find links to that stuff how come they didn't call it the isabel anderson museum because you know lars was uh uh a ne'er do well, uh, you know. Lars, Lars, Lars wasn't the, you know, Lars wasn't the uh, force behind much of anything, was he? Wasn't he just kind of like hanging on to Isabel? Well, yeah, right. So he was a bit more reclusive, and by comparison, Isabel was a dynamo. Um, yeah. She was incredibly active with, um, you know, different causes, uh, different philanthropies. Um, very out there among society, and I have to imagine, you know, she was the driving force, uh, and this is just speculation, but the driving force with making the, oh, the, the Andersons opening up their doors and making the public a part of their experience with the car. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you're absolutely right on that, and uh, uh, and she is uh, somehow related to um, the former governor of Massachusetts, Bill Weld, right? Somehow That's right. I mean, don't yeah. don't ask me to draw family tree, but yes, there there is a connection. Yeah. Um, and if you do, once you know, once things open back up, if you if you can, if any of your listeners want to make it to the Lars Anderson Auto Museum, which is in Brookline, uh, there is a whole exhibit, uh, a permanent exhibit to Isabella Weld Anderson. Yeah. No, there really is. And uh, speaking of museums, and I know you're not necessarily a fan, but the uh, Newport Car Museum down in Bristol, I think opened up today for the first time oh it did last, all uh, right that's yeah. great i'm actually down yeah. in rhode island uh today i'm in a boat yard getting ready to go do work on my sailboat uh and what's the name of your sailboat the silent bid um, that, that was the, that was the name when we bought it and uh any uh sailors out there uh will know that it's kind of it's bad luck to change the name without uh a sequence of uh uh steps some some voodoo stuff Okay. All right. I just I was just curious. I know because I know people people do, you know, they they embrace the name of their boats and you know whether it's uh you know, you know somebody who made their money and call it Floating Prime or, you know, <laughs> you know, wine drinkers that name their boat Chablis or uh, you know, whatever whatever the case is. So I was just I was just kind of curious and I, and I figured uh, Yeah, there was, there I I imagine the, uh, the previous owner must have acquired the boat in a silent auction. I have come to make it my own because, you know, through the years we've covered a lot of different auctions like Bottoms auctions that you know could easily be yep. uh, you know, some of them could be considered a silent auction. So that that's sort of where I'd like it. and like I love pun names out there, but yep. if it's ever my boat, I'm probably going with the more uh, majestic name route. Just, uh, you know, maybe some false advertising once they finally get to know me. Oh, there you go. That's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, uh, so, you know, you, you get to, you know, drive some uh, drive some new cars as I do. Uh, mm-hmm. anything, anything you've driven lately that has, uh, that has either disgusted you or something you really liked and was surprised by it uh well 
I, uh, right now I am sitting in the 2020 Ford F-350 Super Duty, and, I mean, this thing is like the size of Rhode Island. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to tow your boat around with it or what? Jeez. Uh, I mean, I have a bunch of gear in the back, and, uh, I mean, this thing has, you know, it's got an acre of cabin space, another acre of bed space. It, um, you, you, the, the height, it's got to be 10 feet tall. Um <laughs> But surprisingly, it's it's pretty composed to drive. I mean, that's you know, it can you can't go any wider without you know needing a CDL. So you can only really go up. And and with that, you know, they're they're finding ways for these trucks to actually be stable at speed despite getting ever increasingly taller. Yeah. No. It, it you know the Super Duty is a pretty amazing truck. And you reminded me of another email I got from a guy who who bought a. Uh, F-150 pickup truck, and it has, you know, when he purchased it, it was supposed to be capable of towing, I think he tows a antique tractor or something around with it, and it was supposed to be capable of towing 9,000 pounds, and it had a, it was supposed to have a class 4 trailer hitch, so kind of the square style, um, yeah, most of them are class 3, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, most most of them are class 3, but this was supposed to be a class 4, and in fact, mm-hmm. when he got the truck, um, all the paperwork with the hitch said class three, which is only capable of towing up to like 7,000 pounds or something. And he keeps writing to Ford and saying, Hey, you know, you sold me a truck that's supposed to have a class four hitch on it. And he doesn't want to go aftermarket. He wants to, he wants a, a hitch that says Ford on it for whatever right. reason. And uh, Ford keeps Ford keeps sending them, they sent them a new trailer hitch, and it's exactly the same as the old one. I said, you know, realistically, there's probably not a lot of difference between the two. It's probably how it was tested or marketing or some, you know, something. You know, some lawyer signed off on it. But he's, he's adamant he wants this, um, you know, class four hitch, or at least the hitch on it to have the documented that his and he has kind of a weird fear he's like well if i ever get pulled over and they you know the uh, the truck police look at my truck and say wait you're 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 towing this with a class three hitch versus a class four hitch and i'm like i don't ever really see that happening but i suppose it could somehow i don't know um, the, but I, I imagine the truck police are to- are driving a bigger truck than everybody else yeah i, I just yeah. have this image of just two people and like the most jacked up, like F three fifty, like giant tires, right. all that stuff, yeah. spiked, uh, spiked hubcaps. Yeah, um, it, it is it's interesting. It, yeah. So, I guess for clarification, uh, when he ordered the truck, it specifically said nine thousand pounds for it, his specifically. It, it, speci- it specifically said um, when he ordered the trailer towing package, he ordered the trailer towing package with the class four hitch, which was capable of towing up to, I think, 11,000 pounds with a load equalizing hitch, but up to, right. I don't know, 9,500 9, pounds with a class four hitch without the, without the equalization bars on it. And, um, and I said, well, you, you know, you can go on etrailer.com, you can buy a class four hitch for like, you know, 300 bucks. And just tell Ford to pay for it. And he's like, no, no, I want a Ford product on my truck. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, well, good, I don't have a lot of luck. patience for that. Either you yeah. want it to say Ford or you want it to do the job. I don't care what the yeah. name on it is. Yeah. If it does the job, it does the job. And otherwise, now you're just making a stink to make a stink. You know? Yeah, and yeah, and realistically, the Class 4 hitch that says Ford on it, they probably scraped the sticker off that said 
something else yeah, on they, they all that, came so. from the same stamping uh plant in uh, youngstown ohio right so or, I, in, yeah, on, the, on the flip side he is right to be adamant about making sure he gets the proper hitch for what he wants to tow because look right. i always say when it comes to towing give yourself some wiggle room right like yeah. if you are towing something that all together with the trailer and everything is like six thousand pounds and your the rating on your suv is sixty five hundred that's pretty dicey. You want to give yourself a good window, like a thousand pound window to, to counter for things like going up a hill hard, you know, an emergency situation like acceleration or braking. Like you really don't want to be pushing up against that envelope. Yeah. Yeah. And unless unless you're um, unless you live in England or France or something where they where, you know, Mini Coopers tow these, uh, you know, six thousand pound camping trailers and i look the at little that caravan like, uh, things yeah yeah, right. yeah and i, I, I look at that but also you yeah. know, get a tent um oh, yeah. speaking of that by the way i i am just not about this whole trend of the roof tents have you seen these oh yeah yeah um we even got a press car i think that came with one but yeah it's look i i don't know if like daddy didn't teach you like how to make your own tent like where or you didn't warn in boy scouts or something or girl scouts like you, you learn to make your own tent, right? And like somebody goes, "Oh well, you know, it's you know, it's to keep the bears away." I'm like, "You're in Western Massachusetts. What am I missing here?" Right? Well, and and you know what? Bears can climb, so it, it you it, know it yeah, really does. Yeah, yeah. That's that yeah. that roof tent is for Instagram. That's all. That is, uh, you know, who knows how many thousand likes you're gonna need to 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 recoup uh, to pay yeah. for that thing. But that's what that that's a lifestyle thing. Whereas, like, look. Doing your own, making your own tent is great, and it fits into like, it fits into something. My my two person Eureka tent fits in some of the size of my backpack. I got a four person one that's like the size of a gym bag. They're perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, they, they, and, can, they, and it doesn't matter what vehicle it is either. You don't need a truck. You don't need an SUV. You could, I could be in a BMW Z3 Roadster and still have enough room to throw my tent in there. Yeah, I, you know, I've I've never been a, a tent camping person. Years, years, years and years back, I wanted in the worst way to buy a Volkswagen uh, uh, camper van, and I oh, went yeah. shopping. I went shopping for one. I went looking for one. Uh, everyone I saw that I could afford was awful. Everyone that I liked, I couldn't afford it, and I ended up buying an old Winnebago. Uh, class A, Class A Winnebago. It was as wide as it was long. It was really short. It was only, it was 20 feet from bumper to bumper and it was eight and a half feet wide. So it was this kind of weird thing to drive. And I had it for quite a while, but the problem was it was sort of, um, it was sort of like, uh, owning an old car and an old, old house at the same time. So you had to deal with, you know, a leaky roof and a leaky carburetor. You know, it was one of those things. But I never, I never could really <laughs> embrace. I couldn't embrace the whole tent camping lifestyle. I, I, I don't. Maybe I had a bad experience as a kid. I don't know what happened. But uh, the whole idea of uh, of uh, a tent just never really appealed to me. And uh, but yeah, these uh, these people that do. And you're right. If you're in a Miata and you can you can fit a tent in the back of it and you can go someplace and set up other than uh you know a koa campground where you're six feet away from somebody in a trailer with you know 15 kids um and you can go out in the country and enjoy 
you know, the views and the and the serenity. Um, there was a, there was a guy who was uh, who was on the show a couple times. Uh, he uh, has an Instagram page, the Boondocker, and he um, at one point in his life, uh, a fairly young guy, I think he's probably your age, but he did really well. He owned. Uh, apartment buildings in Miami and drove a Maserati and had a pretty good watch collection and you know lived on the water and he and he gave it all up and bought a um uh sprinter van converted it into kind of a little house office and all he did for a couple of years was was tour the country and you know all of his photography was amazing and just to be able to do something like that is is pretty good and, and like you said you can do that in a Miata with a tent Absolutely, and that sounds incredible. It's incredibly liberating. Um, look, the thing with tent stuff is it's I, there is a level of preparation and a skill set that goes with. Like, you need to know what to do and how to set it up when it rains. You need to know what to do to make sure that you don't wake up in a sauna. Like, there's a whole repetition to it, and it's a lot of you know. And then you do like the campfires and stuff like that. So it's there's a whole skill set to it. It's funny you mentioned the the camper thing of like. Well, I got to patch up the crown molding, and I have to get the do an oil change, right? Like that's yeah. that's similar to to life on a sailboat, where like you're doing things for the functionality of the boat, like working on the outboard, like I'm doing today, or fixing some rigging, uh, or you're doing things like, oh, I got to replace the uh, the slip covers, you know? So yeah, it's you know it's a little bit of both. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, you you talked about you know you talked about the uh, the F350 you're in now. Has there been anything in recent history, kind of in your memory, that's been a disappointment in any new car you've driven? I mean, it's you know new cars today different than they were 30 years ago. There was some awful cars. You know, brand new cars you'd start them right. up and they'd stall. Right. Right. You know, they'd rattle. They they were awful. But you know, occasionally there is a few clunkers today. Can you think of anything that? jumps out at you is one of yeah, those? Yeah, I mean, that's it's so funny to talk about the, uh, the adage, there are no bad cars, but, I mean, I would say, like, some of the smaller vehicles on the Chevy lineup, like the mm. Spark, um, you know, those are pretty uh, unexciting. The Ford Sport, uh, I had to drive that. I was doing a trade show for one of the other hats that I wear, and I had to dr- fly into L.A., and fill up uh, a bunch of trade show stuff and drive a rental Ford Echo Sport across the desert to Las Vegas, which is a great drive. I love driving in the desert. Super fun, but had to do it in that car. First thing, why Ford would you call it the Echo Sport and not the Eco Sport? Like, that's almost like an indictment yeah. on, like, well, we know it's not going to be, you know, efficient, so why do, why do this? I, you know, maybe it's some carryover from Europe. Either way, just another one of those we're trying to appease too many things and we blundered the name of the car because i've been corrected on that by four people way too much and it's ridiculous so oh, yeah. the, the thing with that car is a the name b the side opening rear uh rear hatch um it's hinged uh on the side and not on the top which is good for the city because it allows you to like pop it open real quick and reach in and grab something without mm. having to like open it all the way and if you're you know either in a garage or you are parallel parked real tight on somebody that's actually helpful but by and large it's like you got to commit to the thing being open all the way which is a little silly um it is woefully underpowered uh it is a pretty unstable from a handling perspective 
Um, and it's got this very, like, it looks like, you know, the end from the last knuckle of my thumb to my fingertip uh, in terms of proportions. Um, on the plus side, it's got Ford Sync, which is among the best in the game. Apple CarPlay, yep. Android Auto, like, those things can really salvage just about any car because it elevates the way that you interact with it on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, it you you used a term last time I talked to you about road testing the tech as much as road testing the car and I've um I think I've stolen that term a couple times now. I owe you uh some I want my royalties, royalties on man. that. Um, yeah, I know. No, I, know. It, it, I and I always say this too, it's you know when you go to test drive a car, any of your listeners out there, this is especially true for late model cars, pretty much 2015, 2016, 17, and newer. Um, you got to go in there and do things as simple as how hard is it to change the channel, change the volume, save a preset, uh, pair your phone, con- conduct a call, stuff like that. Because those yeah. little things, because, and by the way, those couple-year-old cars, they were still figuring that stuff out. By 2020, nearly every automaker has it figured out. Some are just have their heads in the hands stand still. But mm. by and large, they're, they're getting pretty good. But you got to go in there and, and test drive that tech, pair your phone, do these things that you are doing daily. I mean, you are, consumers are more loyal to their brand of mobile device than they are to their brand of car, and it's not even close. So you need to make sure that the way that you interact with your phone is ideal uh, in the car that you're looking at. Yeah, it it really is. And, and doing the, it lawfully. The idea that, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I think you mentioned something somewhere the other day about uh, you were in a car and it didn't have a USB port. It had USB-C in it, and they've done away with USB ports in some car. Yeah, so this was that, is a, that was a Mercedes. That was a 2020 Mercedes GLC uh, Coupe, which, don't even get me started on the name. Uh, it's an SUV with, like, a kind of fastback instead of having a big square top, and they yeah. uh, deem it, exce- uh, you know, acceptable to call it uh, a Coupe. A Coupe has two doors, and it's not an SUV. That aside. Um, when yeah. I went to go plug my I, phone well, in, I'm going to interrupt you. I'm going to interrupt you for a minute because I was talking to. I'm glad. Be, I'm glad you said that because I was talking to uh, Jamie Page Deaton uh, a couple weeks ago on a different radio program, and uh, the host asked me about the uh, the new electric Mustang, and I said I really love the idea of it, but I don't like the idea they called it a Mustang because there's. A Mustang should not have four doors. And Jamie said to me, well, I think it's a generational difference between you and me, and I'm okay with a Mustang having four doors. I'm, I like the idea you, you, you think a coupe should have two doors, and you shouldn't call it a coupe if it's got four doors. Well, look, I have, I'm more with Jamie on this one because I, um, okay. you know, a Mustang's an icon, sure, but it's also like a very accessible car, and having four doors makes yeah. it more accessible. Also, it's, you know, what you're going to, within 10 years, there's going to be a Corvette SUV. Mark my words. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you, so, so you're calling me, you're online. calling me an old man. You're calling me an old no, man. No, no, too. I think, well, the, the coupe well, thing is right, more, right. Of, more, uh, <laughs> reprehensible because it's a, it's a rebranding of an entire genre of vehicle. Like, if you're Ford, right. that's right. your thing. You can choose to pivot the Mustang to whatever you damn well please. Yeah. It, yeah. On the flip side, 
Mercedes and Porsche is doing the same thing. They're taking this universally understood word and shoehorning it into an SUV because profits. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with you and, uh, I, I think, I think you're absolutely right on that. Hey, George, we've used up a good chunk of your morning. You need to go out there and, I don't know, clean the carburetors on your outboard motor. I won't even, you no, know, I won't even talk about, you know, you know, what you got going on, you know, sailing. I've, I've only been on a sailboat once. Maybe someday you'll bring me out in your sailboat. I'll get to appreciate sailing. Uh, my old boss asked me to go out once and he, he said, we're going to go sailboat racing. And I said, or he said, we're going to go racing. And I said, racing, you guys don't even make a wake. How can you race? You don't go that fast. But I, apparently there's a whole, there's a whole culture of sailboat racing. I don't understand. So well, we're not that you fast. Can, we're you not can, that intense. But my sailing instructor a million years ago always told me, any two sailboats that are on the same tack, facing in the same direction, are racing. Okay. Do you have beer on the boat? <laughs> eh, there's some stuff on the boat. All right. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Okay. Maybe. Maybe you'll. Don't worry. I, I, I won't. I won't go. Uh, I won't go uh, Thursday. All right. Okay. All right. Good. Um, if people want to read, you said you can. They can find you on uh, Boston.com slash cars and U.S. News and World Report, and of course, you know, check out the publication at the um, at the Lars Anderson. And uh, how about uh, how about Twitter? Yeah, you know, I'm Defense One Hundred One on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not updating it a whole lot, so I would just say yep. go to LarsAnderson.org uh, if you can. If you've never been to the museum, please check it out. It's a really cool space, very educational, but also really interesting component to, to Boston car culture. Uh, and, you know, general car enthusiasm as a whole uh, really has its roots in that in, uh, in that experience. It really does. Hey, George, thanks for taking time out of your Saturday. Go, uh, go, and, go enjoy some working around the boat. Sounds good. Thanks uh, to you and your listeners. All right, take, all right, take care, George. Bye-bye. We need to take another break. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Uh, we used up a lot of time, but if you'd still like to join us and talk about your car, 1-800-370-1049 is the number. 1-800-370-1049. We'll be right back. Maria Salzillo of J. Barrett Realty can help. Maria Salzillo has been a licensed agent for over 30 years. Her valuable insight and dedication provides her clients with the finest personal service and professional representation. Maria knows the greater North Shore area. She focuses on the specific needs of those buying or selling a home. If you've been considering buying or selling a home, give Maria a call today. 508-527-6910. That's 508-527-6910. All roadside assistance is not created equal. Join AAA, a trusted roadside provider that puts members first. AAA trained technicians arrive fast and always attempt to fix problems on the spot to get you back on the road quickly. For a limited time, new AAA members can join with two drivers for the price of one. That's more than 55% off two annual memberships. Visit aaa.com slash join. Hi, I'm Nick Gabba from Teresa's Hospitality Group, wishing everyone good health. Teresa's Italian Eatery is now open in Middleton for takeout and delivery every day. Let us do the cooking. Enjoy our great Italian dishes, specialties, and pizza. We also have our family-sized trays and complete family dinners. All with easy call-ahead curbside pickup, or you may order online at DoorDash or Uber Eats for delivery. 
Call us at 978-646-1111 or visit us on the web, TeresasEatery.com. Teresa's Eatery is now open every day from 2 to 7 and on Sundays from noon to 6. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal here in the North Shore, 1049 forecast, serving the North Shore in the Merrimack Valley. For today, available cloud, sun, warm and buggy. It'll be 77 to 85. Watch for showers and storms firing up. They'll be done by evening. Skies clear up overnight. Those 55 to 60. Sun fair with the clouds. Cooler tomorrow near 70. Monday's a sunny, beautiful, dry day. Beautiful beach day, low in mid-70s. Summer heat comes back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. Forecast being brought to you by John J. Walsh Insurance Agency with locations in Salem and Rockport for all your home, auto, and business insurance needs, offering competitive rates, so call for a quote 978-745-3300 for local North Shore 1049, I'm to the Car Doctor program on uh, FM 104.9 or North Shore 104.9. Our phone number again, 1-800-370-1049. Let's talk to Mike. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Car Doctor. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. What a country, huh? Two quick things when I sent you an update on my uh, Miata problem. I I, 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 I saw that, and let's let's back up a little bit. You bought a uh, low mileage, one owner Mazda Miata with an automatic transmission, and right. you and and it has what you describe as an odd shifting pattern. And who gave you that response that you need to get more familiar with your car? It came off of the Mazda forum. Uh, okay. You know, first a disclaimer, I had to get one because of an old injury in my foot. So, I wouldn't, I, you know, automatics in a sports car, uh, to me, uh, yep. I just had to get it. But anyways, it came off yep. the Mazda Forum. We're pretty knowledgeable okay. people. And what they say is, is you, maybe you can explain it to the public better, but is that Mazda thinks that if you really get on the gas, that they stop the thing around 3,500 RPM and hold it because they think that you will continue on. To, uh, you know, keep accelerating to the next speed, which is odd, and, and almost says that in the manual too. Believe it or not, something along that line. Mm. Not exactly that way, but they do something with the transmission like that. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I've never driven a Miata with an automatic transmission that I can remember, um, and the newer transmissions. Uh, yeah, I know one thing they do, and it's kind of just the opposite sometimes when you take your foot off the gas it actually the rpms hang higher because it, matches the it keeps yep. it, yeah it matches the revs but it also that's part of it has to do with lowering emissions because if you took your foot right off the throttle the throttle body would snap shut and it would actually suck more fuel into the engine which would cause more tailpipe emissions so one of the reasons they have that that throttle hang is for emissions purposes um but uh, yeah, it's weird that you know an engine that is capable of revving to you know fifty five hundred RPM that you know as you're driving it, they unless you really put your foot to the floor or put it into sport mode, they don't want it to upshift over thirty five hundred RPM. That's sort of weird. It, it is, and you know otherwise it works perfectly 
well mm. I'm in normal driving modes and, and I think it's just something I have to get used to I've never I've owned a lot yeah. of sports cars since 1966 but this is something to get used to other than that the car is just amazing it's got the hard top convertible on it I mean just what yeah. a blast to drive you know just a lot of fun so it's making you 21 years old again yeah, not quite, but uh, you know, quite. it is until I try to get in and out of it, and then, I, <laughs> then all of a sudden I feel like I'm back to 70 again, but what the heck, what else, is, I, I tell people it's the most fun you can have a car with your clothes on, you know? There you go, there you go. Yeah. One, quick, one quick comment before you, I know yeah. you're busy, one quick comment, talking to the Moz deal, I just happened to talk to a sales guy, you know, I, I asked about a price of a, of a new Moz just about a week ago. First yeah. of all, he couldn't get a call back. Number two is the guy says, you're lucky you're paying the sticker price for it. We're not jacking up the price. We can't get cars right now. We're sold out, he said, which I thought was mm. the direct opposite. I thought you could walk into a dealership now and cut the deal of a life. That doesn't seem to be the way on certain cars. Yeah, and maybe and maybe it's cars that were they were changing some production, but for the most part, we're... Normally, there's a two or three week inventory window of vehicles available. I've heard closer to two months right now of excess inventory. So I don't think that is the case, but maybe it is the case with, you know, certain, right. certain models. But, um, you know, there, there are, I mean, the, uh, the, uh, Kia Telluride SUV, for instance, right. that has gotten so popular so fast that the dealers actually can't keep them in stock. Uh, because it, it has been really popular, but you know, around the around the country, the you know, there were so many dealers that would just shut down for three months, and they were, mm -hmm. if they were doing sales at all, they were sort of sneaking them out the back door because they weren't supposed to be selling cars. They, you know, their service departments could be open, but the the sales department was not supposed to be open. So because of that, sales are down, and for kind of bread and butter cars um you you know you saw what happened with you know hertz filing for sure, uh, bankruptcy yeah. protection and that you know hertz buys you know a gazillion cars every year and what they're you know one of the things about the bankruptcy protection is they're going to keep their cars i think the company itself is going to be fine but they're going to keep their rental fleet a, a, a bit longer than they usually do and it's and has been growing longer every year uh but i think what's going to happen is they're not going to be buying new cars which is also going to affect inventory which is also going to affect production so um yeah i i think the idea of uh first off not being able to get a call back you know in this day and age when there isn't a lot of new cars being sold i just read today that you know new car sales are off 20 percent and well, probably will be off twenty percent yeah. through the year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, listen. I hope I hope it hurts. I rent from Hertz again. I hope they don't give me a Desoto like they did the last time. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a great week. All right. Okay? All right. You too, Mike. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, if you'd like to join us, six one seven. Six one seven. Well, you could call six one seven, but you wouldn't get anywhere. Eight hundred. 370-1049. 800-370-1049. I need to sip a little more coffee, I think. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Talk to you, I hope.
With the seasons changing, Sullivan Tire and Auto Service continues to offer our best-in-the-business auto maintenance and significant savings on our most popular tire brands. Save up to $140 on Continental Tires with mail-in rebate and instant savings. Or how about this? Save $65 on a set of four Goodyear or Kelly tires. You'll also save 10% on all auto service throughout the month of June. Remember, all Sullivan Tire locations offer curbside service and touch-free payments. Find out more and make your appointment at SullivanTire.com. Boston Vest, Boston Vest, the British are coming, we need a defense. One of my land, two of my seat, all the on our logo, and yes, it's free. Hi, this is Frank of Boston Fence and Vinyl in Historic Beverly. Let us show you how the right fence can enhance the beauty and define the lines of your piece of the American dream, your home. And remember, one if by land, two if by sea, Paul Revere's on our logo, and the estimate's free. Call the original Boston Fence and Vinyl for an appointment today. 1-800-585-7753. That's the original Boston Fence and Vinyl. All roadside assistance is not created equal. Join AAA, a trusted roadside provider that puts members first. AAA trained technicians arrive fast and always attempt to fix problems on the spot to get you back on the road quickly. For a limited time, new AAA members can join with two drivers for the price of one. That's more than 55% off two annual memberships. Visit aaa.com slash join. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 104.9. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor here to help you with your car problems. And uh, we have a few minutes left, so let's go to Frank real quick. Frank, good morning. Morning, John Paul. Um, I had a question on I got an 88 Corvette, and I'm wondering, if I put free-flow mufflers on there, do you think that would affect the engine temperature at all? No, I don't think so. It might affect your hearing. <laughs> and it might affect, yeah, I didn't know it if might, it would lower the uh, temperature yeah. at all, a few degrees or anything. Um, not not a whole heck of a lot. I don't I I don't think I don't think it would do much. You know, I'm sure in theory it does. You know, it it probably affects the it probably affects the combustion temperature slightly, but in theory, I don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference. So. Um, you know, other than it's going to sound a lot cooler with, uh, you know, if if you're looking for cooler sound, I think the free-flow mufflers are going to do it. But if you're looking for a cooler engine, I don't think it's going to help. And those are all legal under the inspection thing with the... Uh, uh, you know, it's it, 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 there is a certain sound limit, um, yeah, but there is no... Yeah, there is no rules in Massachusetts or New England that I know of right now that says... The mufflers have to be original equipment or original equipment equivalent. They they can't be loud and objectionable. And uh, you know, I would I would try to get something with a little bit of a baffle in it, just so you're not, you know, you don't you don't want to, you know, you don't want old fashioned, uh, um, you know, cherry bomb mufflers in there because uh, they're just going to be too bad. loud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean those. You know, uh, the old motto was like, you know, disturbing the peace since like whatever it was, nineteen fifty-five. So, you know, you know, a good Magnaflow muffler or something like that, uh, uh, Monza-style muffler, something that's got something that's got a little bit of a baffling in it, which isn't which isn't going to be too loud and obnoxious. Um, you know, check around. I would I would you know go call up some you know go to a Corvette meet if we ever get to have meetings again and kind of go and see what people have. But yeah, the uh, 
there is a sound limit, but like I said, I don't think I've ever been into a shop where somebody's pulled out a decibel meter and recorded the the sound of the exhaust. But technically, I suppose you you could. But um, but I mean, the general the general rules have always been loud and objectionable. So if it's not too loud and it's not too objectionable, it should be legal. Yeah, because I mean they have a heat range up to like two thirty five or something. It says in the manual on that yeah, for the temperature on the engine. Yeah, you know it. it it's crazy. So I, I was wondering if there's any way to cool it down. You know what I mean? No, I, I crack I mean, the hood on it and drive it with the hood not not tight. No, I, I mean, mean that that it. I mean, you could. You know, you need to do a couple things. You know, check on check on. You know, make sure the radiator and everything's doing its job the way it should. But it's amazing how hot these engines run, and they're designed to run at what you would think is well above the boiling point. But that's the antifreeze and the pressure cap is what changes the boiling point temperature, and that's why you're able to get away with it. So, um, you know, at this point, at this point, you know, a bigger radiator, you know, maybe a higher performance fan would help cool it a little bit more, but that's about it. Hey, Frank, we got to go. We're out of time. They're kicking us off. So, uh, but thanks for calling in, and uh, always enjoy talking to you. Hey, you've been listening to the Car Doctor program on North Shore 1049. Couldn't make it happen without uh, producer Jimmy Carter in the background making everything work the way it should. Until next week, when we're going to be talking drag racing with one of the fastest women in the world. Uh, Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye. Shore 104.9 WBOQ Gloucester and streaming worldwide on the North Shore 104.9 app.